guys, welcome back to another episode of Puck Stuff Podcast. I'm Mark Bogola. Unfortunately, David can't join us today. He's uh, he's being a little bitch today. <laughs> but we have someone else joining us today. Uh, Nate, want to introduce yourself? Well, how's it going, guys? My name's uh, my name's uh, Nathan Kennedy. I uh, work with OTL Sports, um, one of our uh, podcast co-hosts, and I'm also a chief writer for them. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, good to have you, man. Good to have you. So. We have pretty, I wouldn't say empty lineup in terms of what we're going to talk about today, but obviously kind of in like the dead zone of hockey right now. So to look a little bit, mm-hmm. I want to start by talking about like return to play because I've been reading a lot of articles. I'm interested as hell in that. When curious, when do you think NHL is going to be back? Uh, honestly, right now, I think it's pretty tough to say. I mean, still a lot of hurdles to get through in terms of actual player clearance and in terms of other things that need to go on before the season actually starts, like the conclusion of free agency and training camps. Um, I feel like in terms of a tentative date, I would maybe say December 31st. I think it'll probably end up starting uh, closer to the new year than later. Um, I I would say probably in like mid-January, just because I think how the NHL structured is they're very gate um revenue run league right mm-hmm. and obviously you're, you're not going to start start the season with fans but i think they're going to want to try and aim it where they're betting that obviously a vaccines they're hoping will come out sooner than later so they're hoping more season could be played with fans than not so let's say in around april or march government say it's allowed to have like a quarter or half capacity they want to try and aim the start so it, it, it's including more of that time Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know, that that's just like what I think. You'll you'll have to remember with the whole um border situation. Obviously, the border's still closed. Yeah. And there probably there probably will be a Canadian division. I would think at least. I think that's what probably makes the most sense. That that, that would be fun as hell to watch. Yeah, you know? I like, I think that would uh I think that would create for some really interesting not only storylines but also just some games as well. I think um I think just a strict uh. Canadian almost viewership or Canadian viewed division almost would be pretty cool. Man, could you imagine watching like McDavid and Matthews go at it like every other night or something like that? that yeah, it'd be pretty cool. Fun as hell. I actually want to bring up. I was reading this article on like the score recently, and it was given like three ideas or options that might happen in terms of realignment of the divisions. I'll read them out quickly. Okay. The first one was like obviously like the typical four divisions. It's Canada, so all the Canadian teams. West, which would include Anaheim, Arizona, Colorado, Dallas, LA, Minnesota, San Jose, Vegas, which is a very like top heavy yeah. division. Obviously, Colorado, Vegas are two top five teams, and then it kind of goes downhill. Dallas obviously went to the finals, but still. Then it would be South Central, so Carolina, Chicago, Columbus, Detroit, Florida, St. Louis. Nashville, Tampa. After St. Louis, Tampa, Carolina, the division kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was even gonna, Detroit, I was gonna hang Florida. my hat. I was gonna hang my hat on Nashville, but even Nashville, they're starting to. Uh, I, think, I think I don't think Nashville is a playoff team this year. I mean, my I think you look at you look at what they've done and you look at what they've had in the past. I mean, their core they've had unlocked pretty much for the past five or six years. So I mean, like much like a team like Chicago in the early 2010s, I mean, it was pretty pretty written on the wall that their decline was going to come at some point. And it is unfortunate because well, they did have a lot of talent in that core. Once PK Subban was shipped out of there, and obviously he's not the same PK Subban 
you look at their top four, obviously you still got Roman Yossi. Home, you still got Yossi. Ryan Ellis. Still I still those guys. So who? Ryan Ellis. Ryan Ellis, yeah, sorry. But then, who else do you have? I mean, Fabry, or sorry, Fabro, who, like, I think is being rushed into top four. I don't think he's there yet. Like, I don't know. He's... I mean, the thing is, you're going to get that a lot a lot of times with teams who are not, not necessarily desperate to rebuild, but almost hanging on to the window that they have. I mean, a lot of times, like, and you see it, you see it in a lot of, like, uh, I don't want to say, like, smaller market teams, but you see it in teams who are looking to grow their youth and even market their brand. And they'll eventually they'll they'll tend to thrust younger talent into the spotlight sooner than later in terms of hopefully either gaining viewership or that they develop into a superstar. But most of the time, uh, it ends up dwindling out. The way the way I my philosophy with building teams is you always try to you lean into what your specialty is, right? So the Leafs, their specialty is offense. Obviously, they still have an amazing offense, but they improved their defense. Nashville, when they were a cup contender. Their identity was, oh, yeah, we're the best defensive team in the league, and it's not even close, you know? Mm-hmm. And then when they traded Subban, now if you look at their team, they have a mediocre defense, and now they have a mediocre offense. Like, I wouldn't say their offense is that much better than it was before they traded Subban. No. Like, Duchesne is great and all, but, I mean, I don't know. The only bona fide star on that, on up front on that team, I would say, is probably Forsberg. After that, it kind of it's pretty thin. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, you you look at the past of who they had. I mean, they were they did have a lot of talent up front. I mean, Ryan Johansson, I would consider was like one of their glue guys for most of that uh most of that core run. Um, I would say he's probably like a good second line center. Yeah. I wouldn't say he's a first line center. I don't know why. No, he he, he was former he was formerly a first line center. I don't think he's still at that. Uh, I don't still think he plays up to that potential as but of right now. Honestly, in my opinion, I don't think he was ever really a good like he was a maybe in a fringe first second liner. I don't think he was ever a good first line center, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. Just I hell, I hardly think if Duchesne's your best center, you're a good team. Yeah, like, I, I mean Duchesne. Duchesne, I think has proved I, a lot of people wrong. I think through his play, I think I think he's. Listen, sorry to all these Duchesne fans out there. I think he's probably one of the more overrated players in the league. Wow. Like I don't know. Anyways, let's just keep going on for the article. The in that same four division alignment, the East would be Boston, Buffalo, New Jersey, Islanders, Rangers, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington. That would be that is one hell of a division. Well, I was about to say, just from those teams <laughs> that you rhymed off, I mean, you have rivalry games sitting on every single on every single well, yeah, level Pittsburgh, of that division. Washington, Pittsburgh, Washington. You have Philly, Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah, and then you have the Rangers who are Rangers, Rangers Boston, Rangers Capitals, Rangers Penguins. They all, you have, they all have the some Islanders, kind of validity to it. Islanders, who I'm a little bit bullish on, but nevertheless, they still made the conference finals. I was going to say, yeah, I, we, Islanders Capitals is slowly becoming a nice little rivalry. And like, yeah, you lost Devin Taves, but like, the truth is, I think that team has proven that what, what you see on paper, that's not their team because you have the best coach in the league. Yeah, they play they then, play a lot above what it, what they say on paper, and I mean that's, that's oh, the same course. with like you look at other teams too. Like Montreal kind of surprised a lot of people this year, and like I I like to equate. I think, Mon- I like I to, think Montreal is going to take a step this year. I I, oh, I really hope they do. Honestly, I'm not a I'm not at all a Montreal fan. I mean, we we were talking before uh, we yeah. recorded. I'm a Leafs fan, but I mean, I yeah, I do yeah, have to give I have to give a lot of credit to Montreal. I mean, Montreal I equate a lot to the Toronto Raptors of the NBA in that 
they may not have the most talent on paper, but the ability to play as a unit and win games, I mean, that's that's incomparable. And I mean, Montreal is able to band together and get wins against really tough teams. So that's very David's going to listen to this podcast and cry because the one time he misses it, I'm actually talking good about <laughs> He He's like a huge Habs fan. And he loves like Brendan Gallagher. And stuff, oh, so don't, don't get me wrong. I'll take any chance I can to bag on the Habs. But I mean, I, I really can't bag I mean, on it right it's just fun. Like, listen, literally, they, they did take a step. But I don't, I don't necessarily think what they've done is great. This all, I think it's been a little overblown how good it is. They signed Jake Allen to a stupid contract, in my opinion. I don't think that was smart, especially because you have a lot of young guys in the next few years who are going to need extensions. Mm-hmm. Like, if Nick Suzuki ends up being a first line center, you have to pay him a lot. Kakeniemi, you just extended Brendan Gallagher as well. Oh yeah, you also signed that stupid ass extension. With Josh Anderson. Yeah, I, I didn't under I didn't like understand that years. one. That one didn't make sense to me. I don't know. It's, it's like yeah, like it's tangible. They improved this year, and like you, I don't think anyone in the right mind can deny that. Yeah, but but the, it, but the thing is, at what cost for the future? Yeah, I was gonna say, you're kind of sacrificing. Anyway. You're kind of sacrificing your future moves. You're kind of you're kind of putting all your eggs in one basket right now. You're kind of trying to win now instead of kind of building what your last yeah. two or three years have put you towards. Anyways, I'll 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 make it going through this article. The next one would be five divisions. Oh, okay. So it would look like, first, obviously, you have the Canadian division, the Pacific with Anaheim, Arizona, Colorado, L.A., San Jose, Vegas. The Central with Chicago, Dallas, Detroit, Minnesota, Nashville, St. Louis. Wow. That's not that's not a good division. No, that one now it sounds a bit weak, even just comparing it to the only only one you had said before. Like, I mean, like, realistically, I don't although you have to give Dallas respect for what they did last season, I don't think they're like I don't I think they punched probably above their weight class. I don't think they're really like a top five team in the league. Not yet. I think I think I they think, have the potential. I just don't think Well no, listen, I actually listen, I um so I think I saw you I'm like pretty active on TikTok and I'll sometimes post like hockey things. And I did a top ten defenseman list, and I put Miro Heiskanen number two on my list. Wow! And wow, I got some backlash for that. People were not happy with that. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> people were people were like, "Yeah, you know nothing about hockey. This list is terrible." I, like, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to put myself into the same horse race and say that you dropped the gun, but I mean, a, a tad premature, I think, to put him at two. Really, I don't know, man. Watching, I think, I think Miro Heiskanen is a big reason. Why that team made it far? Obviously, the goalie situation helped, but they they weren't scoring that well. No, they weren't. I mean, Tyler Sagan was not playing well. So, like, and if you look at their defense, Miro Heiskanen, he was like he was like their Victor Hedman. Like, he was really good. I mean, I'm a I I like a lot of that core. I mean, I really liked when they had uh they had their little uh, one two on the right side of I think it was Klingberg and John or uh, Trevor Daly. I think that was like two years ago. And I'm a huge Klingberg guy, yeah. so I mean, seeing I don't know, Klingberg, I, I think Klingberg's. I think he had one year where he was injured, and people now underrate him. Yeah, he um he kind of gets swept under the rug in terms of a top ten conversation. I feel like most of the time, you look at his stats, and I mean, they're all there. I mean, I I I didn't I didn't put him in my top ten because I like I think he has to kind of almost prove himself again, yeah. sadly, because that's just how it works. I put like I put a, a lot of young guys in my top ten. I put like Miro Heiskanen, and I put. Both McCutter and Hughes. I put McAvoy. Well, I um, I, I, I don't I, think I'd I don't think I'd be that high on McAvoy. I I don't I, I, don't I mind think McAvoy is incredibly underrated. I think he's the but even with Krug, I think he was the best defenseman on Boston the last two years. 
I, I think McAvoy is an amazing number one defenseman. Um, yeah, I um, I can't dis- I can't disagree with that. I mean, he is um, he is very talented. It's just, I mean, and he's like twenty two. He's twenty. He's, he's young. very young. Like, he he's still improving. Again, the same thing with giving credit to Montreal. I'm very hesitant to give uh, credit to Boston, but I mean, they have been able to. Churn I mean, out, yeah, of they course. have been able to churn out some very very Listen, decent talent on the back end. There's a reason why they've beaten us the last couple of years. They're they're they have last, good players. Co- last couple is an understatement. Last half decade. <laughs> yeah oh my god anyways let's after that nashville detroit uh division there's the metro where it'd be new jersey both new york teams like island rangers pittsburgh philadelphia washington again pretty competitive division i would say all of washington philadelphia pittsburgh and rangers and islanders are all top 10 teams mm-hmm. potentially obviously new jersey is not there but like pretty competitive division, and then you got Boston, who's Boston, Buffalo, who's improved obviously with the additions of Stalin Hall, and the rent. <laughs> um, you got Carolina, who I think is probably the most underrated team in the league. I think they are such a complete team. They have the best defensive core in the league. Columbus, Florida, Tampa. Yeah, they are. Um, that division sounds pretty good. Um, and I, dude, I think Carolina would have beaten Boston if Svechnikov. Didn't go down and Hamilton was healthy. Yeah, I I mean that was that was like that's two of their best players. Sveshnikov was a huge boost for them, and I feel like when he went out, I think kind of the wind kind of came out of their sails. Oh no! But you didn't hear it was all Sveshnikov's fault. He got injured apparently. Oh really? No, no, actually, oh. it was like it was like this thing going around. I think it was one of the commentators said it was like oh like he bit off more than he could chew, and he was like messing with like Zdeno Chara. And then Zidane Charles completely injured him, but like it was bullshit. Like no player, like I don't know. It was so That's stupid. Funny. Yeah, but um, anyways, yeah, I love Carolina. I mean, I think Slavin's probably a top ten defenseman in the league. Yeah, Slavin's Sla- really very underrated as well. I think he's. I think he sh- should have won the Norris this year, personally. But that's my opinion. And then obviously Tampa's Tampa. Although who knows what's going to happen with that team? They still haven't signed any of their key RFA's. I think. Probably one of those three is going to be traded. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, with how much talent they actually Dude, have, I, I think they do need to kind of supplement a little bit of cap. I don't know really where they're going to choose to take their hit, but I think well, they, I mean, they tried taken. putting um, they tried putting Taylor Johnson, not Taylor Tyler Johnson on uh, waivers, but no one like no one claimed him because no one could afford him right now. He's has a he's being paid five mil per year. Yeah, that's 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 and, quite the pretty penny for what he's produced. He, and like he's like he's still like a good player. Like he's still probably like a second I, line winger. I, I would I would put him as a second line winger. I would I would put him there. Which like is pretty good for five million dollars. And in normal times, that I, I'm sure someone would have claimed him. I'm sure they probably wouldn't even put him on waivers. But it's like it's hard. Obviously, people can't afford anything right yeah, now. Yeah, it's also it's also hard with the state of league right now because like a lot of teams are just trying to lock down their core, and it's pretty tough to kind of justify bringing yeah. in an RFA to kind of rejig your team. And it's especially well. I I I think what's his name is a pretty good defenseman. Um, Eric Sternak, right mm-hmm. shot, good in his own zone, big. I I was really, honestly I was kind of hoping the Leafs would have tried to either offer sheet him or trade for him, especially because it's kind of a weaker draft. Coming yeah, up. I mean even but even, Eric Sternak is yeah. great. I mean, and on the same topic as the Leafs making moves. I mean, there are still a lot of like available defensemen that I'm surprised they haven't like pursued yet, and like a lot. 
So yeah, we're, we're gonna get into that in a bit. I was looking at the free agents. I'm like, there are like a lot of like good bargain defensemen available. Yeah, still. I mean the biggest the biggest one like I was looking at even last night, and I mean like the Leafs guys around the Leafs have been talking about this guy for like I feel like two or three years. But I mean Sammy Vatnin's still sitting there. I mean, and I feel like a team at some point is gonna have to take a risk Honestly, on him. And I really with hope Sammy Vatnin, I think he. I don't think he's like I. I just think he, I don't think he'd be a good fit on the Leafs. I think I think he's kind of like similar to. Tyson Berry in a lot yeah, of ways. Yeah, I was about to say that. He um, like he's more offensive. I don't know. I don't know if he'd be like the he, best. Fit. He would Especially be. He would like, be a good pair with a guy like Muzzin, but I just don't. I just don't know how well even that would work. Well, out. I mean, if if you're signing a guy like him, you gotta think Justin Hall's like he's gone. Like he, one of him or Dermot are being I, 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 I would. I probably, would rather hang on to Dermot two. personally. I think Dermot has a lot more upside. I I think Dermot, I still think Dermot could be like a deep number three defenseman. Yeah, he could. He he has the potential. Teams, he's like, shown a lot of promise like early in his career. I mean, he, I mean he, he had a bad yeah. year last year, but there were even points in last season. Like I think he. I remember watching one game where he was paired with Justin Hall when I was on like literally everyone was injured, like Morgan Riley, Jake Muzzin, and Tyson Berry or something like that. And like he was good, like he was playing on like the first pair every mm-hmm. time, and like he looked, like, he looked good. He just has to be more consistent, I think. I mean, like the way he plays is kind of like the way the Leafs want to start playing. He denies chances in the neutral zone. He's he's a very like a he's pass. a very safe puck can move, mover, which, which I'm a big fan of. Like especially as a Leafs fan, like really at the end of the day, I just want a defenseman who's not going to turn the puck over in our end. And like Dermot I mean, just knows how to take care of the puck. We we have never had one defenseman who could turn the puck over. What are you talking about, Cody CC? Was great. Cody CC was a pylon. Jake Gardner was a walking turnover. Well, he was also he was also a walking <laughs> negative twenty five plus minus. Hey, I I actually didn't mind Jake Gardner. I thought I thought he got crapped. Well, over I, I mean, I don't want to say it was justified, but I mean, uh, he just he lied. Oh, he lied I, I a think, lot of it to the game. He really did. The truth is, I think Jake Gardner, kind of like Tyson Berry on other teams, would be a great top. Okay, I do agree team. with that. I. Just like for example, like I, I think Tyson Berry was a great pickup for Edmonton, mm-hmm. especially for the for the money they're paying him. Like they're paying him like three mil or that's, something. That's like a that. huge like, value. That's a huge value acquisition. That, that was a good pickup by Ken Hall. I um I I do think I will say to the Jake Gardner point. I think he was a lot of a he's like much like Phil Castle. He's kind of a victim of circumstance. Like even when Phil even when Phil came yeah, in in exchange no, for Sagan, I mean everyone expected him to be this kind of godsend. And then everyone hopped on Kessel coming into training camp because he was like, I think it was like eight or nine pounds overweight and the media was all over him. And like, even... Listen, I remember that. And it was, was kind of like, okay, like, who cares what he's sad? He puts up yeah, like 80 points. Say, and like he still, came out, he still came out that like... he put up, I think it was like 67 <laughs> points. And I was like, just don't. Yeah, really. like he's still by far our best player. And like for like eight years, he was our best player. And like it wasn't really no. close. Like there was never, never anyone who even came close to being... As good as Kessel on that on those teams. Yeah, I mean, there were guys that were showed flashes, and I mean, until I mean, until maybe really, like maybe like Lupo. I was gonna say un- until we really got uh, Matthews and Tavares, I really don't think anyone really came close. And then I think those guys did kind of justifiably blow them out of the water. Well, the problem is we never really had a, 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 a we didn't have like a number two center really. Like Tyler Bozak was like is probably like a number three center, maybe. For, a I mean, two. for uh, for us, he was Nazem Kadri hadn't yet. Nazem Kadri hadn't yet really developed into what he is yeah, now. Yeah, and now he's killing. Like, we didn't really have like a we didn't have a top six center to play with Phil Kessel or JVR or Lupul or all these winners. Like, wow, ne- never yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> Anyways, um, finally, the, I kind of forgot about the article. <laughs> um, 
this last alignment would be interesting. So it says three conferences in eight divisions. I know wow. they're they're basing this off of the NFL because the NFL mm-hmm. tried this or had, does try this. I don't know. I don't watch football, but it would look like this: the Eastern Conference with three divisions. The first one being Southeast with Carolina, Columbus, Florida, Tampa Bay. Pretty pretty yeah decent little four person division there. Obviously. Metro would be New Jersey Islanders, Rangers, Philadelphia. I actually really I like the sounds of that division. That one, that one has a lot of rivalry and a lot of bloodbath. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that that would be. I think with the Islanders in Philadelphia after this past year. Oh yeah, even even Rangers Philly is usually a good match too. Oh yeah, of course, and Rangers Island. Yeah, that'd be great. And then Northeast Buffalo, Boston. Holy shit, Pittsburgh, oh, Washington. Lord. That would be. Yeah, that one. Listen, listen. Because if you look at Boston on paper, they're honestly not Boston. Sorry, Buffalo. Like they're not. Like I don't think they're they're a good or great team. They're not bad. I don't think they're a top. I don't think they're a bottom seven. No, I I feel I feel like Like, for the first time in a while, I actually have hope for Buffalo. I mean, as for I only I think the thing they need to do is I really think Ristolainen. I think he's a terrible defenseman in my opinion. I I don't know why they're. It it so annoys me because I had so like I I'm so high on this guy even talking to my friends about him and like even recently remember I've, uh remember in like 2018 when everyone was like oh yeah trade William Nylander for us the thing I, the thing was I gotta be honest <laughs> at that point I feel like if we would have gotten him I feel like he would have developed a lot different. Well, yeah, it, it begs the question: Was he always like this, or could Buffalo just not develop? Well, players? I mean, again, and don't, again, me the, that and opens, don't show me that Jack Eichel, the new, the Jack new can of worms, right? I mean, you look at Buffalo; they've been the poster boy of mediocrity for as long as I can remember watching hockey, it's, and it's unfortunate <laughs> yeah. because they've had a lot of talent in there. They're like the new Edmonton. <laughs> They're literally yeah, like the they new are. Oilers. <laughs> but like, honestly, like if you look at their top six, like they added Eric Stahl at Hall. They still got Reinhardt and Eichel. If they they have a few young guys, they they honestly at this point it's the same thing with Edmonton. It's the same thing with even like Vancouver. They just need to add good, good, talented, skilled veterans. That's all they need to do. They just need job guys. I mean, yeah, they they, they did that. With, I honestly no. I think the thing they need to do is get actually, yeah, under. that's true. <laughs> that is their number one need. If you if they go to goaltender, I think I think they need a playoff team. Honestly. But like they don't like Allmark's like a yeah, great he, guy. Uh, to be honest, I'm looking I'm looking at just the possibilities, and I feel like him with a tandem with Corey Schneider in both of them splitting time, I feel like actually wouldn't be that bad. The problem with Corey Schneider is I think Corey Schneider, I don't think you could bet anything on, especially this year when you only have one year when you have one year of Taylor Hall and you need to do well this year. I don't think Schneider's a guy just because we don't know if he's gonna ever be back to being Corey Schneider well, because of yeah. his injury. Especially this year, so I'd go for a guy that's probably more, um, maybe like kind of grounded. Honestly, I think a great when the Leafs were shopping Anderson earlier in the offseason, I think that would have been a great pickup for them. And especially because they have guys that the Leafs would have wanted if they would have blown and give us someone like Yoki Haru, I would have taken Haru or something like that. Yoki Haru is a really good defenseman, he's right shot, he's Kind of similar to, to Rasmus Hindi in a lot of ways, yeah. but a little more developed. And yeah, I, the I only the only reason I said team. Schneider is like really you have to look at it. I mean, I don't want to say you're scraping at the bottom of the barrel for goaltenders, but I mean at the end of the day, yeah, well, you, you yeah, are at, this yeah, point. at the end of the day, you kind of have to make <laughs> do with what you have. And I mean, Buffalo does have a gaping hole between the pipes right now. And I mean, give it a few years, I'm sure they'll solve that. But for right now, to be able to put a band aid on it, I really don't think 
Well, they they have a couple of young guys. The only issue, listen, I th- I think if they're gonna get a new goalie this year, it's gonna be through trade. I don't think, like, and there are still guys available. I think. I mean, if you look at Arizona, I know at one point they were shopping Darcy Kemper. Maybe you look at that again. Maybe you look at Anderson. Although I think it's at this point the, the only the only him. thing I'd say is like I would um, just I actually you know what I wouldn't I wouldn't even, even be surprised like I wouldn't even be surprised if Buffalo were to trade their young talent in terms of whoever whoever they would Jack Quinn that's yeah just trade trade a young guy for like a new goalie it's like I that would be the last thing that surprised me that would surprise me coming out of Buffalo but I well you I think you're in win now mode if you're Buffalo. You you like kind of like you only have one year one year. Yeah, but, they, but the thing is you look at that Jack, roster, do you really you, think they're and, ready even with a goalie? I think they're a playoff team and once you're in the playoff anything could happen. And the thing is, Jack, I there have been reports that if they're not good this year, the heat is on with Jack Eichel because he might request a trade I'm, sooner than later. So like you you need to be competitive fast. Like no more like, yeah. Think, you know what I mean. Couldn't agree more. I don't know. They 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 really need a. Anyways, let's just go on to the last two divisions in this. Take an hour to get through this because I have ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> One of the divisions is Anaheim. Oh my god, this is a bad division. Anaheim, L.A., San Jose, Oof. Vegas. Well, I like, was Vegas about to say Vegas should just shit stomp that division, but. That that also means one of those three is gonna make the playoffs in Anaheim, LA, and San Jose. I mean, I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe yeah, San Jose was, has a better. That would be the only. That would be the only team in that I direction that I could it. see making a making a push. I I doubt it. I don't think. I don't think unless San Jose LA or Anaheim anymore. somehow blows um, them, like pulls them out their ass. No, I mean, listen. If 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 um if Byfield ends up coming out of the gates as a seventy point player, maybe LA. I, I mean, I mean, really I mean the odds, the odds of him putting up seventy. I mean, in his first year, I think are pretty slim. But I mean, it's, it's listen. Who knows? I mean, also Tom, you do have like, to understand. I mean, he is now a first round draft pick going into a I don't want to say a floundering franchise, but coming off of such great success in the early 2010s. I mean, they're looking to regain their kind of prowess. I mean, they have LA has a lot of unrated good young talent in their system. They have um like in the last few drafts, they got like guys like Yoki Haru. Um, they got a I forget his name. They got a guy last year who's like really good center prospect, top ten. I forget. I'm blanking. I'm tired. I forget I'm his tired. name. I mean, yeah, it's been a long weekend of school. Anyways, the next division is Arizona, who's not a playoff team. Colorado is obviously a Stanley Cup contender. Dallas, who went to the finals, and Minnesota. It's like a very mediocre. Division. I mean, obviously, yeah, very, very top heavy, top heavy. I think, um, but even yeah. honestly, Minnesota. I'm like, they're kind of like my secondary team. So, like, I'm always usually peeking in on Minnesota. And I mean, they're they're always kind of the same. I don't want to say they're always the middle ground. They're always kind of the Switzerland of the league. They don't really move up or move down. They're either kind of <laughs> just on the cusp of making the playoffs or just outside of it as of right now. But I mean, yeah, they they, they are they are very top heavy. Anyways, uh, <laughs> the next division would be Blackhawks, eh, Red Wings, mm, Nashville, <laughs> St. Wow. Louis. So Chicago has already sent a letter to their fans. They're going yeah. to rebuild. Detroit, although they've improved, are still not a good team. 
Uh, Nashville, I don't think is a playoff team, and St. Louis is taking a step back this year. Yeah, I um that that division's kind of that division's kind of just smoke over the water for me at this point. I mean, I don't really know what to expect. Like you're kind of just going into that one. It seem it seems like it's all out in front of you. Like possibly St. Louis just runs the table in that. But as you said, I mean they they had an off year. I mean, there's really no guarantees in that division. Listen, Tori. The one thing I will say is, although obviously Petrangelo is better than Tori Krug, if you look at their um, top four, when they had Petrangelo, they had three right-handed top four defensemen. And although if you don't like him, Justin Falk probably. I don't. I don't mind. Defenseman. I don't mind Justin Falk. I, I, I don't think he gets enough credit. Colton Preko, who I think is, I think Colton Preko is a, probably a top defenseman on most teams. I think he's a very yeah. Preko kind of gets overshadowed by Petrangelo, and I mean you see that all the time. Well, I don't. I think they're gonna stop. I think he's. I think I. I mean, I think Crook might have an edge over Perico, but I think I don't think it's that far off. I mean, the I thing the thing is, is, they are very different players. Right? I mean, you can't really expect them to play the same game. But I mean, yeah, I mean, in terms of what I would be looking for, I mean, I would be leaning toward. I mean, I am kind of a tad biased, like coming from a Leafs fan perspective, but I would lean more towards a guy like Perico, who can kind of play not only play the body, but who is also a safe puck mover at his size and can do a lot for a team. So I mean, I would oh, yeah. I would take him. Yeah, and he's right shot, which is what we need. He's a right like, shot guy, which which we need. Makes That's it like the one thing we've needed for like the past eight years. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly. And um, anyways, you now with your top four, you got Falk in the top four again, and you have Pareko, and then and then Krug is a left shot defenseman, which balances out your defense more. And then you have what's his name, who's getting better, Vince Dunn, who's a good young guy, who's probably gonna. Yeah, Vince year. Vince Dunn, I could see kind so, of having a breakout year this year. I mean, I think he's uh, I think he's kind of poised for one. So their 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 defense is very balanced now. Like it's more balanced than it was last year. I would say. Obviously, Petrangelo is better than Krug, but there's something to be said for roster balance. As at least yeah. then, I could talk to this. Um. Anyways, let's go on to the last kind of conference, which would be the mm. Canadian Conference. There's Canada East, which is Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto. Okay. Those three teams. Oh my god, that'd be well, awful. The well, least people. I'm what, sorry. Calgary, gonna... Vancouver, Winnipeg. Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, Winnipeg. That would be that would be a crazy division. That would be a crazy division. That might I mean, that might be I the best division in Vancouver hockey if that a... one goes through. Yeah, I mean, listen, Vancouver took a step back this year, but if you if you bet on their three young guys and Besser, Pedersen, and Hughes improving, which they yeah. all probably will a little bit. They're very good team still. Um, Winnipeg, I think, I wasn't so happy with what they did done this year. I think they needed to work on their defense more. They extended, um, what's his name, who was hoping the Luffy would get. Um, fuck. Top four right shot guy. Truba? Again, I'm tired. I can't remember right now. No, not true. Oh, yeah. Truba's on that. the Rangers now. Uh, what's his name? I forget. I can't remember. I'm too tired. They go. They got him from Ottawa. He's he's really good. Um, obviously Edmonton improved. I would say this offseason. they didn't really fix their goalie issue, but I think Tyson Berry was a nice pick. They got more mm-hmm. depth on offense, and then Calgary, who I think has gone a little unnoticed. I mean, they're if you look at their offense, their offense has always been mm-hmm. pretty pretty decent. Obviously, they lost Brody, but they added Tanev, who they're I'm not sold. I mean, Tanev is a fairly fitting so a, replacement for him. I think they play pretty like pretty similar. 
Yeah, the only issue, I mean, listen, honestly, I would argue China was better when he's healthy. The only issue is it's when he's healthy, yeah. and that's rare lately. It's the it's the kind seasons, of thing where but, it's um, like, what have you done for me lately? So sorry. it kind of makes sense. No, and then obviously, and now they have a goalie. They finally have a goalie. It's about With damn time. Like, yeah, like they're they're a really good team. They they might be a top five team in the league this year, honestly, because they also have a lot of a lot of young guys mm-hmm. on defense who could have improved. Like they they have a they don't really have a no. And I, I was I was just about to say is that would you consider that to be the first secure goaltending situation since Kippersop? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and and listen, Dave not Brody bad is at all. It's it's all right. A whole lot of all right. It's all right. Yeah, hundred percent. That's the, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so pretty interesting article. Check it out on the score. Anyways, let's move on. Um, I wanted to go through some of the free agents remaining this off season because there are underrated the amount of them left. I'll, I'll go through them quickly. Top ten, I guess. Obviously, you got Corey Schneider, who might be a backup. I think, I think uh, with some teams he's backup, um, and I think with some teams he could break out as a starter. But I mean, I think it'll, I think it'll depend on fit. I think I mean, he'll I, end up being I think a split dep- guy wherever he goes. It it, de- it depends yeah. on his health, man. It all depends on how healthy he is because he's had a lot. Yeah, of he is. He is he's thirty four. He's not exactly young, so like who knows? Maybe I know the Islanders were close to signing him, but they didn't end up for some whatever reason. Um, anyways, you got Mikhail Grandlin left, who's only 28, could play center, probably a top six forward if he mm. come, if he has a bounce back here. You have Mike Hoffman, who's like a perennial 30-goal scorer, had a really, really good mm. year with the Panthers this past year. So he had I mean, I'm just I'm just genuinely surprised he's still uh, on that yeah, board. I just don't know how someone hasn't signed him yet. He had 59 points in 69 games this past year with 29 goals. That's very good. Some of the, at this point, he's not getting probably more than no, five. No, I think dollars. I think he'll get around five. Again, I think it'll it. depend what kind of situation he goes to, like how willing they are to give him that money. Yeah, but so he's probably he's probably gonna sound like a one-year deal at like four and a half, five. I, I can't lie. I could I could see him and taking that's guaranteed money somewhere, but I could also see him maybe taking a pay cut to pursue. The- but the, the, uh, listen, no, of course you would take yeah. it. Who's going to give that to him at this point, you know? And anyways, moving on. He's a really good player. You got Andy Green, who's like still Yeah, he, like he's solid. He's getting up there, though. He's 37 now. Yeah, he's old. As you mentioned, uh, Sammy Vatman, um, still a decent defenseman. Craig Anderson would be a good backup. Carl Soderberg's a good depth guy. Carl Alsner, I don't think no. he's probably getting signed. I, I, I could see him going to a place like that. Jimmy Howard. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Mikel for a uh, Jimmy Howard. There's another guy. Travis Hamanick. Ron Hainsey. Michael Grabner, who I'm a, I'm a pretty big fan of. Uh, Connor Sherry. Andreas Asanasiu. Like, so many guys. And they're like, I'm not going to go through everyone, obviously. But, like, Zdeno Chara. Like Duclair, Paley, like so yeah. There are a lot of there are a lot of guys on this list that surprised me. I mean, to be honest with you, I know he didn't have a great year last year, and I mean his plus minus is a huge turnoff. But that also you have to understand has to equate to how mediocre Detroit was last year. But Anthony CU, I feel like a team should definitely take a risk on. I think he is. He has a lot of upside. Anthony CU was was a guy 
He's he's yeah, he's pretty, a, he is a long still. Upside. I think he's, he's twenty five. How how old is he? Is he even? Oh yeah, he's only twenty five. He um he scored mm-hmm. thirty goals in this league in the past. Uh, and I, I don't I, I wasn't really keeping up that much with Edmonton. Was he a good fit? Um, with you I mean, good good fit. I think is a bit of an overstatement. I mean, I think he I think he played his role as best he could. I think given the situation, I think he played as well as up to potential as he could. And I mean, his plus minus isn't as reflective of that, but he I uh, I don't think he played bad. I don't think he played You'll bad. Him. I'll say that. You'll say the member. He's a, he's a, he's a decently young guy. He's been a bad season. He's probably only going to want to sign a one-year yeah. deal, kind of like a prove-it deal. You know where he would fit where? pretty well? The Leafs, honestly. Just because if you look at their third-line depth, I wouldn't That's say true. it's that strong anymore. Like, if you look if you look at their third, like their bona fide third-liners, if you assume McCabe and Hyman are both on the, in the top six, You've got Kago Kerfoot. Yeah. He's probably a third line center still. Um, maybe Simmons could play in the third line. I, I'd rather Simmons. I'd rather play Simmons in the third maybe line. Maybe Edmonton, but that's just me personally. Yeah, but yeah. like, yeah, but they're, they're all maybes. Like, none of them are guaranteed they can still do that. You have Nick Robertson, who I don't. It sounds like he's probably not going to be in the roster this year. Um. You have Jimmy VC who can maybe play on the third line. Like you have like a lot of maybes. You don't have anyone who could play on the third line. And I think if you get a guy like Anthony Cio, he's a guy who you know he's on the fourth line. Anthony Cio, I feel like. Any any fits? Yeah, he's a fast guy. He'll play up to the least game for sure. And I mean, I feel like just besides him, I feel like there aren't many others that could kind of play the role that he could on the third line. And really, the only the only one that I could think of honestly would be Hoffman. But we don't. We really don't have the money for Hoffman. No. Yeah, that's um, not. But yeah, I mean, and then, I mean, the thing with asking to see you is he could play center, so you could play him. On, you could play. I think mm-hmm. Kerwitz probably better on the wing, in my opinion. If you get like asking to see you, could, you could put him in the center role with like. I think you probably move Kerfoot into the top six. Put a guy like McKayev on the third line with asking to see you. Yeah, I was going to say, I actually don't mind that. I think the pairing of Anthony Cio and Simmons would kind of be the best of both worlds for a third line. I think that would be pretty good. And and then you have a guy like, yeah, you have a guy like Jimmy VC, although he's had a bad year, he could score goals. Like I mean, there, there are a lot of guys that currently have in their system that, that are kind of waiting. They're kind of on the bubble. Like, you know what I mean? The kind of guys that are waiting to make that break. Yeah, but the, the truth is, if you're the... GM or coach of the least. Would you put Robertson in, I, on the roster? I this think year? what I would do. I, I think I, I think I would play it by year. I think I would leave him off for. I think I would say probably first month or so. Yeah, no, I, I think don't, I, I, don't don't mind that. I would say I would say maybe leave him off for the first month, see how the team plays, see how the fourth line plays. But the thing is, is I would definitely give him a shot because he, he has shown a lot of a lot of good potential. And I'm, yeah, I mean, no, listen, this is this is coming from someone who's a huge. I'm a huge Robertson fan. I. I think if you look at his OHL numbers, also the, like I, I don't know. I think he's probably gonna be a top six winner on the lease in the future. I think he's a guy who in the future could put up twenty five, maybe even thirty goals. He could kill penalties, make some decent plays, win puck. He's he's kind of like a poor man. Yeah, I think, he, I, think he, ways, I think he plays himself really awesome. as a Swiss Army knife, and he is a huge asset to most teams. And I feel like with the good development and give him time, like on a, on possibly like a second, third development line path, I feel like he'll he'll reach his potential. You'll you'll, you'll have to remember the, the Leafs 
are really good at developing prospects. Yeah, we're great at developing prospects the and then trading them for nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which pains me to say, but I mean, it's true. No, it's it's so true. I mean, we try, I mean, listen, I'm I was not happy with the um, Andreas Janssen move. I I know someone had to move. I would have yeah. rather seen Kerfoot gone than Janssen. The only thing with that I was upset as well that it was Janssen, but the fact that we got such little back really surprised me. Like I'm, I'm just surprised that we made that deal. Well, it was because of the it was because of the it was because of the flat cap, right? There, there was an offer on the table. Apparently, I was I was listening to a podcast, and Chris Johnston said this, where they could have gotten a second round pick for Andreas Janssen, but they they wanted this player instead. They they wanted Joey Anderson instead. So clearly, well, I mean, that's the only way that Joey they make Anderson, that right? move, and they, they, not they only wouldn't... that, but justify it. I've I've heard him being compared to like mm-hmm. someone like Blake Coleman in the past. If he ends up being some like a Blake Coleman type, yeah, that good. that would like, be that, that's a pretty good return. But um, I don't know the the way I look at Johnson is I think he has the potential to be a guy who could put up. 25 30 goals in the future yeah i don't don't disagree with that i mean i feel like there are a lot of other i feel like there are a lot of other players that you could have moved instead of him and i mean you even look in the past years i mean there are a lot of chances that the Leafs have had to actually make impactful moves but they haven't and i feel like if they kind of i feel like this is the time to actually act on some of those possible impactful moves because this is really the time that we can make a push and I mean, it's, it sounds redundant to say because really the Leafs are kind of that team every year who are like, oh, they're one or two pieces away from a cup run. And it's like, well, we've been saying that for 10 years. When are we finally going to make this run? And it's like, you just have to make the moves in order to put the best team in place. And I mean, they just haven't. No, of course. I mean, wh- what do you think of the offseason overall? I mean, we were, I, we were talking about it really yesterday, and I mentioned honestly. that. I, I think that this year, even though they've made, I think it's only like, what, two or three moves. And I guess with Janssen, that makes it four. I know. I know you're talking about yesterday. I I I can't tell you. I'm like, yo, Nate, shut up. Like, we we got to see it for tomorrow. Man. But we were talking about it. I, <laughs> I said something along the lines of, I think in these three or four moves, I guess, including the Janssen move, I think they've done more to put them in the right direction than they have in the past two or three years combined. I mean, I mean, I yeah, so I do really I. Like they they've built a really good core back there now. And honestly, like, I think the most underrated addition in my mind is honestly Simmons. I feel like he's going to bring a lot to the team. And I mean, we. we same. I think. Listen, he's been saying he's in better shape this year, and there's he hasn't played hockey since like mm-hmm. March because he was on Buffalo. I think he's a guy who could maybe put up fifteen to twenty goals again. Like it's, and he's an asshole. Like he's an asshole on the ice. And I mean, he, he, he he's exactly what we need. We just need players like that unit. who are actually willing to throw around the body because, like, the last two or three years, we've been able to bring in guys with size who should be able to do that, but no one wants. Literally, to throw the body. Did, did you um? Did he read the quote no, from his like first interview when he got signed here? I'm if I'm the guy who's going to knock people's heads like. off for something like that. Like, I love that. Like, he's coming in to be our asshole. Yeah, like no, that. he um, <laughs> he I feel like brings a lot to the team. Not only not oh. only just with his son. Yeah, that's true. Same as Zach Bogosian though. Bogosian brings that same element. Thornton's obviously the big guy. Also, Joey Anderson is annoying to play against. Brody's good in his own end. You still have Jake Muzzin. Like they've added a lot of guys. I, like I that. just like I how really, we actually really have like variety in our players now. It seems like, like even for even from teams who have critiqued the Leafs yeah. in the past and who have just like glanced on their roster throughout, like even games, they've just been like, "Wow, this is a visibly small 
like fast speedy lineup and it's like we're kind of transitioning and we're kind of remolding our team and it's we're we're doing we're doing it and we also signed star defender <laughs> Michael Hutchinson which is really good for us we, yeah, we made a lot um, of good I think, signs, you know? I think as I mentioned, I think this year, this year I'm holding a lot more hope because we actually did, we made moves that are actually going to impact us in a positive way instead of kind of just trying to rejig and do the same thing and hope it works this time around. So I feel like this kind of pushed towards like more veteran, more veteran use and more size and more strength almost. I feel like this is going to play really well. Oh, no, yeah. And listen, we got Joe Thornton too. He's not a small guy. Pretty big guy. Uh, to be honest, I just love the fights. fact that we brought him in. Just, just being able to see Jumbo Joe and being able to see Jumbo Joe. Yeah, I know. Finally, make me pretty happy. I can't lie. I can't. I to, to be honest, I I honestly, might I might, I might have, have to. Man. I I I might buy the Thornton jersey. And he's the kind of guy, honestly, though, in the locker room where if someone is like being a little shit, like for example, Captain when he was here, he would always be late to practice. Wouldn't always play to the best of his abilities. He's the kind of guy who's gonna grab you by the neck and he, tell you to he, get your shit you on your leash. And I, I like that. The leash. I mean, the thing is, I, I like genuinely that. wouldn't be surprised. And I mean, I know Thornton's. I know Thornton in most people's minds is like way out of his prime. But I genuinely wouldn't be surprised if they gave him an assistant captain. Really? Over? I mean, the thing is, no one left from last year's roster. That was an alternate. You have Tavares, Matthews, Riley, Marner. Those are your. You think one of those four? I, I don't necessarily think there. that they're gonna they're gonna be willing to give up the role, but I just feel like I feel like that that kind of symbolize. I think that move would kind of not only symbolize the moves that were made, but I feel like that would also kind of carve out the new direction. I feel like I feel like Thornton being made an assistant. I know it doesn't like just hearing it doesn't sound like it makes a lot of sense, but I feel like well, on the ice, the I feel is, like it would translate well. What they could do is obviously um per game you're only allowed to have three, including the captain. So Matthews and Murner already alternate. Maybe they just add like Thornton into like that rotation. Yeah, that's true. That'd be pretty cool. The alternates. That would be pretty cool. And also, listen, he's on his prime. He put up like he was on pace for like thirty, thirty-five points. But, yeah, a bad, a bad, bad team. team. And like he was playing like pretty heavy minutes. Would you be surprised if you put up forty points on the list? I wouldn't. Spezza was on pace. Um, I was almost that last to the same year. to what you just said. I, say, I was a big fan of the move uh, we made to get Spezza last year. I think that was a big move for us. I I think Spezza's a, I think Spezza's a great um, piece on this team. He's a good four. He's a, he's one of I'd the best four contenders um, in, the league, in my opinion. But to the but to your he's, fourth he's point, I I think it just depends where they end up slotting him in. I don't. I don't really see him putting up forty on a fourth line role, but if he does, if he ends up squeezing, if he ends up for some I, reason, I the thing is, I don't. I don't think he's playing. I don't you think, think he's, he's probably playing, playing third line, line center. Though. I think he's probably playing on the third line. I think so, and and I think he's playing on the second unit. I, I don't mind that either. Put him in front of the, the net. power play. I, would, I actually, to be honest, I wouldn't mind if maybe a second power play setup of even him and Simmons playing like double bully ball, double bully ball in the crease. That'd be oh, fun. I, I think that's like. Yeah, I think that's, Simmons, that's Simmons and Thornton with like what? I think, they're, I think they're gonna be Nylander. No, Nylander would be on the first one. Kerfoot. Um, so yeah, Kerfoot. And then, yeah, Kerfoot. Probably Kerfoot. Probably Jimmy VC. Maybe yeah, Spezza. No, I, uh, more or maybe um maybe someone like 
Travis Dermott. I, I, like, I like the idea of Brody on the power units. play. I can't lie. Yeah. Probably. I, he, he, he wouldn't, he wouldn't I, crack I the first power play unit, in my opinion. I mean, I, I think I think the mistake they realized they made last year was yeah, I was just about to the say. first unit when they put when they when they put Tyson Berry on it. No, I think you keep I it. Think, Marner, I think this year, Riley, I think this Matthews, year more than Jared, any other year. Right I think the most important thing with the Leafs this year, like they this year more than any other, as I as I'd prior mentioned, I feel like they made a lot more moves towards their end goal of what they really want. But I think the biggest thing this year for them is they really need to put faith like the GM and the coach really needs to put faith in not only their players, but themselves to make the right decisions, to put players in the right spots, to make plays, to win games. And I know it sounds redundant because like that's that can be translated no. through all sports. No, no, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, like, you, like you I do, mean, it's, it's just fine. annoying yeah, because no, like most of the time, know. like you look at it in the NBA, it's like this. I, I mentioned in our in our uh, last podcast that we recorded, but the 76ers managed to bring in three guys who are very individually talented who did not translate at all at all on the court. And it's like it's unfortunate because I would hate to see that happen. Yeah, at least, like, but like, I think this year more than anything, I feel like. I don't think I don't I don't think the Leafs. I hope the, Like I the 76ers. Of the league, though, I, don't I just, so. I just hope that their coaching, their coaching staff, and their GM understands that it kind of it translates past the ice at this point. We've put, a, we've acquired all the talent that we can, and now it's just I mean, putting them in the right spot. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why I don't think the least for the Seventy Sixers. A, do the Seventy Sixers have a top five talent in the league? Obviously, Embiid. Uh, aside, good, aside from Embiid, they don't have Simmons, like a top five. Like Tobias, Tobias Harris and Al Horford were both away. Matthews, like. I would say Matthews like, is like a top five player in the league. Like in my opinion, he is. And I don't know. I also think the Leafs are trying. They're trying to give their team a more balanced approach. It kind of seems to me like. like oh no! I was uh, no, really no I wasn't comparing the actual. Do that. I was just comparing like the coaching, the lack of coaching. I would say I would say a better comparison to the Leafs is sadly yeah, the Rockets. Honestly, honestly, I I I don't mind that comparison. I mean, like, I don't like that comparison. Yeah, it's it's, um, yeah. As I said, like, I wasn't making a direct comparison <laughs> like, between teams. It's more so just like lack of coaching and like need of coaching. No, yeah, no, no. Of course, of course. I really, I really like Sheldon Keith, though. I mean, I think he, I think he made, a, I think he made a few mistakes in the playing round. I mean, you I just really gotta give him time. Like, like I feel like it's like, especially in today's, in, yeah, like, in today's, in today's, he has four years really yeah. quick to kind of like, as as I mentioned earlier, kind of do the what have you done for me lately. So it's kind of hard for guys to come in and kind of make a name for themselves. That's yeah. why I think it's going to be really hard for Steve Nash to kind of like get over the hump of being an NBA head coach this year. I feel like he's going to get a lot of unnecessary backlash early. Yeah, I know he's he, he's already there's already been a lot of no that was uh, uh, yeah, just that. all the all the unnecessary <laughs> criticism saying oh I don't know how he was given the opportunity before everyone else. It's like you look at his like he's a two time MVP who's been coaching Team Canada. I mean he has every qualification you could possibly want in a head coach. I mean like if, if we're gonna get into that a little bit, I understand the criticism of not having mm-hmm. enough like diversity. I do get that. I, I don't understand that agreed criticizing him you... directly part. That's yeah. that's kind of where I'm at. Anyway, let's yeah, let's, anyways, let's, um, let's talk more, more about the Leafs. Yeah, I've already talked about that. I already talked, talked a little bit about that last podcast. Um, so if you look at the Leafs defense, and this is where it gets interesting, you obviously there's the three guys 
who are locked in the top four are obviously Brody, Riley, Muzzin. That's pretty obvious. It'll probably shake out as a first pairing of Riley, Brody, <clears throat> and yeah. Muzzin on the second pairing with someone. Here's the thing. Who do you put on the second pairing? Uh... Do, you, do you put Justin Hall on it? I don't know if you do. I think you might try to... If I'm the least coach, I want to try. I, I don't mind that. Um, I think they would play well together. Um, I think they will because I mean, listen, if Jake Muzzin could elevate the play of Nikita Zaitsev, you think he could do the same thing with Charles Dermott? I would, I would assume so, and promise? I would hope so. And I, I've said this on previous podcasts that pairing, yeah, would be so good defensively. They would because Dermott is among the best in the league with his gap control mm-hmm. in terms of denying chances in the neutral zone. And then obviously Jake Muzzin, Jake Muzzin, who is good in his own zone and elevates yeah. the play of his pairing. That would be a really solid second pairing. And then the thing is, you look at your third pair, by the sounds of it, Mika Lettinen will play yeah. this year off of the way everyone's talking about it. Apparently he's very good. I don't really watch him if I'm being honest. He's apparently the best KHL defenseman, so obviously yeah. he's going to be an NHL player at least. And then on your right hand, who would you, who would you play? You have, I guess um, Zach Bogo. You have, I guess, either Justin Hall or Zach Bogosian. The only thing is, if you're putting, if you're playing Travis Dermott on your second pair, do you want to keep Justin Hall? Because like, why would you pay a guy two million yeah, dollars really, to play your third pair? I don't really get that one. Um, the thing is, I, I'm just looking at their, uh, I'm looking at their depth chart right now. And the only thing that jumps out at me is you have a lot of young defensemen who I'm surprised really no one's giving, I don't want to say a fair shake, but really giving the opportunity to. I mean, that's also where I was going to point. If you keep all seven of those guys, including Justin Hall, Zapagos, Mikko Lettinen, who are all promised NHL time this year, that pushes guys like Rasmus Sandin and Timothy Lodgergren really down the lineup, especially a guy like Rasmus Sandin. Yeah, it's Sandy, who's Sandin. He's probably an NHL player already. And I would say Lodgergren. No, Lodgergren, I'm really excited for whenever he does get his shake. I think he'll probably be like a number be. four defenseman one day. And, and his right shot, which is good for the least, but. I'm really high on Rasmus Sandin. I think he's probably going to be a number two, maybe, probably, probably not number one, but maybe. And I like, he's probably going to be a guy who's paid like $7 million on his next Yeah, I mean, if he ends, if, up, if he ends up playing up to his potential, because he is, yeah, he's every, every really sign good. is shown early that he does have a lot of problems. Yeah. He, I really like Rasmus Sandin. And they have, they have just, I don't, they I don't have think I've seen a defenseman who's as fluent as Sandin at such a young age. I mean, he just it seems like his game is just flawless. Like like the way he just he, skates he, around, it looks like he has no care. Like he, it's just he never, fluent. It looks easy. He, he never make he never makes a bad first pass. Which like, is which is literally, as I said, the only really thing. The only honestly the only thing I think he lacks is and size. It, and even which, then, like, like he has the potential to grow out his frame. I mean, he's still he's still young. Like he still has time to like to fill out. Yeah, he's nineteen. He's, like, he's nineteen, he's or 19 20. isn't he? Yeah, he's only he's only like nineteen twenty. If he puts on like ten pounds of muscle, he would be a really good defenseman, man. Like I, 
I wouldn't be surprised if Mark I wouldn't be surprised. Here, I mean, he has the intangibles and he has he has the game to prove it. He really just needs time. And it's like I understand that like in the time of the pandemic, a lot of these teams really don't have time and they understand that a lot of their windows are dwindling. But I mean, you really have to like you have to be able to kind of soak it at some point and say, okay, well, I'm going to I'm going to tuck my tail between my legs and I'm going to make this decision and hope it doesn't backfire. But I really think we should attempt to thrust in some of our youth to really see how they're going to act in some choppy water. And listen, I'm not arguing having depth is bad. Of course, it's not bad, especially in recent playoffs and this past year where everyone was injured on the Leafs. Having depth is a great thing. But you do have to consider that it could potentially affect yep. the development of your players. It could. It's, it's a fact. It could. Especially when on defense, Rasmus Sandin, yeah. what is he, your number eighth guy now? That's pretty far down for a guy who could play on the NHL already. And, I mean, it's not even a guarantee the AHL will play this year. Yeah, so it's just it's just what's going to so, happen to all these guys who aren't put on the roster. Know. Yeah. I mean, they'll probably yeah. overseas somewhere because like, they, they have to play. Like, you can't do another year of development. But, I don't know. It's, it is something you have to consider that having a lot of depth does push your players really far down. And then there are other guys also, again, like I just mentioned, Matt Hollowall, who's shown like he could be a, maybe not a top four guy, but he, he could be an NHLer yeah, eventually. Yeah, he could, he could be ready. Year or two. Like, I mean, like, maybe, like, we, we don't know. And, like, we won't know this year because we have so many guys who were actually promised NHL time. And that's why I think there's another trade coming. I I really do think just Justin Hall might be traded this year. Which I hate because I really do. I, I actually mm-hmm. like Justin Hall. He's a big right shot defenseman who's not negative in his own zone, which is good for us. But... It's not like, I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of just, it's too many, it's too many pigs in the blanket. I mean, I feel like, I don't want, I don't want to say, what? I've never heard that phrase before. Uh, (laughs) I've never heard that phrase before. It's uh, It's too many pigs in the blanket. Honestly, I feel like the sacrifice is going to need to come at the front end because I feel like we shouldn't try to offload all this defensive talent that we just managed to get in. And I understand that like, we're kind of put at the brim right now with all, with all the guys that we're attempting to fit into our top six. But I feel like, as you as you mentioned, the possible move of Kerfoot still entices me. I feel like a good package of him could bring back some really good talent. I wouldn't hate. I wouldn't hate that if we sign. If we sign, like, yeah, exactly. Guy, That's, like, that would be the only way that I could you. justify a move there. Even a guy like Nick Patan hasn't shown much, but I feel like he still does hold some decent value. I think he's probably at best. At, at this yeah, level, probably. And really, I don't. Corner, probably. He's. I mean, like he's not. Uh, yeah, twenty. He's not that young. I mean, he's, he's, isn't he like 24, 25? No. No, he he just he like really he, hasn't shown much. So I don't I think he's a value more. I mean, I I really don't see any justification in trading Robertson. So I feel like that's kind of off the table. So honestly, you also have to remember we have um what's his name, the guy who he played one game for the Leafs this year, scored a goal, big annoying power forward, Russian. What, oh, what Engvall. Hold on, let me go to Cap. Oh no, he no, he's Swedish. Never mind. No, not Engvall. Um, hold on. I'm going to the least Cap friendly. Give me a second. <laughs> Sorry, I'm stalling quickly. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, um, Igor Korshkov. I, 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 
I listen, I don't think he's gonna be like a second or third liner because we drafted him pretty early. I think he could be a guy who's fourth liner, maybe a third liner. Mm-hmm. We also have Barabanov who we signed. Abramov. Like we do have some depth in the minors. We traded for um Philip Hallander, Joey Anderson. Like, yeah, I we, just, have, we have guys. We have a lot. Now of the thing is, now if you're the least, are you now? Do you are you confident enough in this core in order to allow management and coaching to set up lines and set up pairings and set up situations and offense and power plays and everything like that? Or I that's what I I'm would thinking think too. You would wait till after training camp. Yeah, you kind of see how the line shake out. You see. Who has chemistry? Who doesn't? How they perform? No, you see all the stuff. And I do. I do agree with that. I think the move is to wait till training camp. But the only thing is, is I feel like with a lot of these guys, I feel like their value is kind of like a ticking time bomb. I feel like a lot of these guys who could get a lot of money from teams or even a lot of talent back in return, I feel like the time is now to move them. I feel like it's just kind of, it's kind of if the opportunity presents itself at this point. Well, personally, um, I think I don't think we, in terms of Alex Kerfoot, I don't yeah. think we get anything back from him unless we're retained. That, that's just my opinion. Because if you look at the way the market is, someone like Ryan Murray, who's a really good top four defenseman, yeah. got a fourth round pick back. So I don't know. I think we'd, we'd have to retain a million to trade Alex Kerfoot. To be and honest, I wouldn't, point, I wouldn't mind the move you know? of honestly shifting some of our excess talent who would either be playing overseas or just not playing at all. Honestly, shipping them for draft picks. I feel like that wouldn't be the worst move in the world. Yeah, I, no, I agree. I wouldn't mind that. I think it depends who it is, though. I mean, obviously, I think you have like three or – in the actual system, you have four untouchables. Nick Robertson, Rasmus Sandin, Timothy Lodrigren, and um, who did they draft this year? God, what the? Why am I just not remembering any of the names today? This is so bad. Um, he's in the KHL, one KHL. He won like did really well in this past tournament. Oh, I'm searching it up. I do not. I'm I'm just as lost. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, we drafted in the first round this year. Yeah. <sighs> Oh, Rodion Amirov, that's it. Sorry. He's, he's, he seems like he probably has some good potential. And then you have like other guys. Um, Abramov, who has shown to be pretty good. Abruzzi. Um, I know we got to a few other good guys. I know, I know. D- David's like a pretty big prospects nerd. And he was telling me about a lot of this stuff the other day. But like, we yeah, know a lot of and guys. I feel like sure it's just, it is going to be left up to the decision of the, of the front office as to what they want to do. But I feel like the move the move right now has to be kind of seeing what you can but, get back for the talent that may not make it on the ice. What what I wouldn't hate is if they look at a rebuilding team who's poor and can't afford some of their third liners, if they maybe like retain a mill on the AAV, we give them a good prospect. Like I'm trying to think of like some poor rebuilding teams with third line, with a lot of third liners. Um Chicago. Maybe a team like San Jose or Ottawa has someone well, actually, yeah, I guess. I, I guess Chicago's yeah. on a poor team, really. Like, they're... Maybe Buffalo is a team. Is want to give us some line? San, San Jose. Um, Arizona would be a pretty good... Yeah, Ari... I think Arizona would actually be probably the best fit because they have a lot of, like, good depth guys. Like, um, 
I was looking at the roster right now. He's this guy's more than a death guy. He's actually really good. Maybe got a Connor Garland is being paid like close to nothing, and is a really good depth player. Um, maybe Lawson Krause. I don't know. Like there, are, I I think I still personally think there's a trade coming with Arizona and the Leafs. Yeah, because I think they're like not Matt Bait in heaven. But I don't know. Anyways, let's move on. I want to talk a little bit. It's been a few weeks since I recorded my last podcast. Um, Anthony Mantha signed yeah, extension with the Red Wings. What do you four four year twenty two point eight mil? Yeah, yeah, that was it. Um, yeah, so so including so three hundred like, k signing five, bonus, uh, the twenty two eight is guaranteed annual average of five point seven, and then in twenty twenty one or twenty twenty to twenty twenty one, Mantha will earn a base salary of four point two, and it'll carry a cap in of five point seven. That's I mean, for really for value, I mean, I don't think they've like, done much better in that a, deal. He he, that if he ends up if he can stay healthy, that might be a, one of the best contracts in the league. And I'll tell you he, why. He's on the if up and up. His numbers, he's really on the up and up. He's a guy when he's a guy when healthy, one of the best power goal scorers in the league. Like he could he could be a guy who puts up forty goals in the future. In something like 70, 80 points. What, what was his pace before um, Jake Muzzin? Let me, let me see. Because I, I just had his stats. In that game. He had 38 points in 43 games. And in terms of goals, he had 16 goals in 43 games. That's, and remember, you have to remember, he did that while I'm being on and one he, of the and he historic also, worst he, Yeah, he's only played 43 games. <laughs> I mean... He almost reached a point a game, as you said, on one of the worst teams. He was on almost a point per yeah point per game place, and you're, and you're paying. I mean, and you look at you look at even his past seasons. Like ever since he kind of came into the league, he really hasn't had a decline. Other than even if you'd consider 2017 a decline, yeah. Like his only his only fully he healthy, healthy season was I think 2017 2018, and, and, and he he put up the same he, points as he did in 80 games as he did in I, 67 the next year. If you put him on the Leafs, he's better than William Nylander, in my opinion. I think, like, and and I'm a huge William Nylander fan, also. I just, I think, I think it's on a slight against him. I'm, I really like Nylander. He he is such a good player, and I personally don't think he's gonna finish that contract with Detroit, just because I think once Detroit's actually like in like their cup window, and like let's say like let's say they're they're done the rebuild in Mm -hmm. years, okay, which might not even it might even be longer than that. I don't know. Manto Lord would be like 30 at that point. Do you not trade him now when you can get value when you're actually and his best year, his best years are going to be when you're a bad team. That's the point I'm making. So would you not want to trade him and get draft picks back to add to I mean, the thing is, I feel like by through them signing window? him to such a good deal, I feel like this is their way of saying he is part of our future. I feel like if they weren't going to sign him or if they were... But, but you, also, you, you also have to remember... Them signing up to this that deal true. makes it more valuable for other deal. teams who are cup contenders. Especially if it's, let's say, like, obviously there's been a lot of talk about it. Let's say a team like Calgary trades Goudreau or a team like Winnipeg trades Line A. I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they look at a guy like Mantha who's making a really good salary, yeah. is an elite goal scorer, and that's what he is, an elite goal scorer. 
like I don't know. I I really don't think it's. I think Larkin probably will finish his deal. Yeah, with I think he's part of their future oh, plans. Sorry, go ahead. But you also have to remember with okay with yep. the Red Wings. They, I'm a big, they I'm already a big have fan Zidina of Zadina. I can't lie. I'm a big fan. Of they Zidina. just drafted Luke. Yeah, I, I I like him too. And then they also just drafted um Lucas Raymond, who is literally every time yeah. his name comes up. Mitch I mean, Martin they also have too. Robbie Fabry. Like, they're like direct comparables. Yeah, no, like, they have a lot of wingers and a lot of young wingers. Literally. That. And in a few years, do you not look at getting value for him? I, think, I don't think it's out of the yeah. question. I, I, think, I think the only thing that concerns me with this Detroit it, team yeah. is, I don't know if you're also looking at cap friendly, but every... Um, no, no, literally I'm almost, I'm almost the half their roster expires or are expiring contracts by 2021, 2022. So next year, I mean, not the worst thing because you but are, you are a losing a lot of cap. Like you're losing what Mark Stahl's cap. You're losing Patrick Nemus three mil. Uh, and I mean, if you look at the, the, um, the Red Wings, like pool of prospects and what they're going to draft in the next two years. They might have. I, I can't lie. Just looking, just looking at this from a second right look. I mean, they're they really have... the only players they're losing are their older players. I mean, they're really they're really retaining pretty much all their youth. Yeah, and, and I mean, they also they they also just bought a um, Justin Abdelkader a few weeks ago, which is a really good move by Stevie Y. Um, who else? Do they uh, have? No, they don't. Have Jonathan the they have Jonathan Erickson, no. Oh, they, they, bought, they bought him out too. Who oh, they what? They have on, one more uh, on Detroit? They have That's Filpio. A little overpaid. Volteri Filpula, Tyler Bertuzzi, Darren Helm, Franz Nielsen. Oh, Franz Nielsen's getting a fuck on, yeah. Franz Nielsen's getting five million a year. Franz Nielsen. Franz Nielsen. That's front. Yeah, that's like yeah, that's and I really mean the only thing I'm noticing too is uh, what is it? Uh, Timishov's still in RFA. They haven't signed him. I, I'd be interested to see how that how that works because yeah, I think if be he walks, I think he's now I, a top ten free agent. I I'm I was not that happy to be honest when the Leafs put him on waivers. I think he's got some potential that player. Uh, I don't know. I, I yeah. wasn't too happy with that move. I think I think the anything. only the only thing Detroit really needs, and I mean it's really not it's I'm, really not rocket science. I mean they need a number one goalie. I mean they do have Thomas Grice, who I mean isn't bad. I think no. what I mean, the, the truth is, no, they're kind of just, I think like, they're, they're kind of just going through the motions. And I mean, I um, didn't even, I didn't even realize, but Henrik, Henrik Zetterberg is still on the IR. So I, I don't think they should sign a goaltender. Yeah, but that's, yeah. they're a rich team. That, that doesn't count towards the cap. That doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, it counts towards the cap. That's like, they get like, a, it's like weird. The, I was actually, someone's telling me this. It's like, LTIR counts towards the cap. But they get yeah. six million more dollars cap over the cap. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 really it's really weird the way it works. Like it's it's very interesting. Um, I don't know, but yeah, just like looking at, I know, like I don't know how to start talking with the Red Wings, but like looking at their roster now, I really do think they added a lot of good young pieces. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Troy Stetcher. Yeah. I don't understand why Vancouver let him walk. <laughs> For that amount of money as well, right? Shot if you could have gotten 
good value back. Right. I mean, and the thing is too, like, I don't, I don't don't know how much you follow him, but I mean, I think Danny DeKaiser, I think is a little bit underrated in my opinion. I feel like he's played a pretty good. I mean, I, I think he's, he, I think like, he's getting overpaid. For, the thing is, they also paid him because I, I, I he was he really, like, their only stuff. defensive piece at the time. So, like, it made a lot of sense for them to actually lock him down. But, like, the only – like, the he he's not at all mediocre. Like, he yeah. plays he plays a really good game. I just think – yeah. No. I just, like, uh, like I just think with what they have, that. I think he's kind of the only, and, the only guaranteed – like, I don't know. I don't. I will like anchor, anchor be anchor besides stature. So I'm gonna disagree with you on this one. What? I really like what's his name. Also, um, Philip Peronic. He's a really good young defenseman. Ray Shawett. I I really enjoy watching him play. I think he's oh yeah, probably, he's still on he's COVID. Yeah, he's still on COVID. Long. I forgot about that. But yeah, but I I I really like Philip Peronic. And and obviously not he's not he's not gonna be ready this year, but in the coming years they drafted um Mo Snyder a year yeah. ago. I mean you look you look at this roster, I mean this is really like game. the definition of like the coming of times. I mean you look at all these like old expiring contracts. They have a they have listen, the, they right now have about three or four prospects or slash young guys who are gonna be pretty damn good in coming years. Larkin, they obviously have full they have Bergrin. Oh, the really young guys. Zadina, Timoshov. Larkin, if they that wasn't talking about them. They have Zadina. Robbie Fabry. Timoshov. They have Mo Sider. Mo Sider now. And they have Lucas Raymond. Like, no. That's a pretty good future core. And they're not done. In the next year oh, or yeah. two, they're still going to be rebuilding teams in the lottery top five. Maybe not. Th- he's not this coming draft. He's a draft after. Maybe they draft. Um, there's I don't remember his name because I'm tired and stupid today, but there's this guy who's apparently going first overall pick in a year or two. There we go. Really damn good. Like puts up like McDavid like numbers. So like if they draft him, look pretty. Look pretty scary. I don't know. They look all of a sudden. Oh, they also oh, yeah. um, they also have Cholowski. I forgot about. He's pretty good also. But I don't know. Like I. People are saying it's going to be five years until they're cup contenders. I don't even know if it's going to be that long, man. I think it might be like 2023 during the playoff race, like seriously. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm really high on the Red Wings. Mm-hmm. Anyways, one last thing. Let's talk about the Canucks a little bit because there's kind of been this weird funk going on with that team as well. He's obviously Jim Benning's. I don't think he's he's a good general manager at all. I think he, I don't I don't even think you can give him the the credit for drafting well, because that was um that was yeah. just had a scouting apparently and he left now, this past year, so he signs the last like five years. If you look at his off season, okay, let's start with this off season. He let Troy Stetcher walk. He let Markstrom walk. He let Tanner walk. He let Toffoli walk. He let all these guys walk while retaining, like, these guys who are yeah. older, maybe fourth-liners. Um, and also, to top it off... Yeah, which is great. The only piece that you really need to lock extension. down is, like, the bottom of his priority list right now. Yeah, like, literally. And... 
I'm confused, man. I'm confused what he's doing. If you look at, oh yeah, they also signed Britton Holpe, which I don't love that signing to be honest. Because if they're Demko. it's clear they're bringing Holpe in to be their backup. I I I don't I don't see why they wouldn't. Yeah, to Demko. Demko probably be the starter. He really year. he showed a lot last year, and I really I really think you've got to play the hot hand. Yeah, no. But the thing is, if Demko's your starter, you're, you're bringing in Holpe and to how, be your how, well, how well would that backup? sit with the uh, with the higher ups and with that's the fans. a lot he of money. Play well off the bat. Yeah, I mean, listen, he hasn't been good for a couple of years. Will be like he hasn't really shown like he's a starting goaltender anymore. Yeah. There, there's a reason he lost his job in Washington. You know, like Samson outplayed him this year. He was outplayed by Grubauer the year. They won the so, so what do you think your move is as the Vancouver coach? Then? Do you think you split time, anymore. or do you think with roll you roll with Demko until they get shaky? Well, I David brought up a good point recently. I think every team is going to have to split time yeah. this year because the um, schedule is going to be so crammed, right? Because they have, they have a shorter amount of time to like they want to do as much of a full season as possible in a shorter amount of time. So teams are going to be playing a lot more often. And if you play players too often, they're going to get injured, right? Especially especially goaltenders who play the whole game. So I think the tandem is going to be something that every team does this year. I think the Leafs are going to probably do this year as well. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, no, they're, they're going to tandem. But when push comes to shove in the playoffs, he's not going to start a goaltender, Holpe. He isn't. It's Demko. I mean, just looking at their so, roster, the only thing that really jumps out at me is like they, let, they have a lot. I don't want to say a lot of wasted money on the defensive end, but they have a lot of money allotted to guys who really I don't think deserve it. No, they have a lot no, of wasted they, they money do. on guys who they, I don't. Have a, I don't think either deserve it or I, I, could be way better players. Like I don't know how you're still paying six mil to Alex Edler. I get if you let him walk, you're just incurring that anyway. But even on the He's not I even, mean, he's Tyler not even Myers like is brutal. Top three worst contracts on that team, I would say. Lou, Louis Erickson, Louis Erickson, six million dollars. Brandon Sutter, four and a half million dollars. Yeah. Michael Furland, three and a half million dollars. Sven Bertri, three and a half million dollars. Anton Roussel, three million dollars. Jay yeah, Beagle, there's a lot. Dollars. There's a lot of wasted money on this roster. Oh, that's like oh, that's almost ten million dollars. That's more than ten yeah, million dollars. Tyler, Tyler Myers, so only on offense, and then you get the defense. Alex Edler, who's well, Nate, Nate Schmidt. Nate Schmidt, I think, is better okay, than Tyler Myers Nate right Schmidt's now. Pretty good defenseman. I would, I would. I think Schmidt's probably a still pretty good top four defenseman. Tyler Myers, I don't get why they signed that contract. Edler, he's I'll he's been around for a long time. He's still a usable NHL defenseman. They have like. Over like thirteen million dollars, or not use or not like valuable, and that's money that they could have used to keep a guy to Foley who fit in really well with Vancouver. He's like almost like while on the roster, he was playing at almost like a point per game pace. Obviously, it was a short time span, but still, choice Thatcher like they could they could have signed all these guys with that money, and you also have to remember in the next two yeah. years. You have both of Hughes and Pedersen up. Pedersen and then you also is have uh, probably around ten million dollars. Same as Hughes. Uh, Jack Rathbone on the back end. Who? So that's a very oh, that's a very expensive two, two years. Fuck. And Demko. And and 
I don't think you also have to remember any and Demko, any you didn't sign Russell into a long contract. Bro. It's going to be a very expensive few years for Vancouver. They're, I think, one of the young guys. To be honest, man, I think it's going to be Brock Besser. Future. I think they're, they're going to have to trade someone. No, I think it will be too because his name. I know his name. His name was brought up to be. His name was brought up to be moved to Jersey. I and think man, it was last year, and that really surprised me. Yeah. Yeah. Was it? And it's like, man, that is such a mistake. He's a guy who could put up thirty to forty goals in the future. He's, yeah. he's a great I was going to say, player. I don't want to sound like a broken first record with all these young guys, but like again, you do money. just have to give them time. Like although they do provide early promise, I mean. But no, it's smart because we we've seen it. We've seen it happen so many times in the past where teams just give up on the young talent. And they've well, lost and happened. I mean, to you have ball. to understand too. It also does it happen in the reverse happens just as often. Where teams dump all their eggs into one basket, give a give a 22, 23 year old seven million dollars a year and say, Oh, okay, go put up 70 goals or 70 points, sorry. And then they end up putting up 30 points with a negative plus minus. No, of of course. But but oh yeah, if they're proven, yeah, give them the money. Have already proven to be elite players. Like, listen, like when all of the William Nylander trade rumors were going on. At that point, he'd already put up over 60 points yeah. twice and shown he was going to be a first-line winner. Brock Besser has, I believe, put up 30 goals. I don't, I'm don't. i not 100% sure, but like, I think he has. Would be a mistake. Taylor Hall, I think, already put up 80 points the time he was traded. Ended up being a mistake. Seth Jones, when he was traded to Columbus, ended up being a mistake. Like All these moves ended up being mistakes. And it's like you don't you don't want to be the team who looks in well, yeah, and that's like, uh, oh, damn, it <laughs> that's pretty funny. That pretty really, funny you know? that you're saying that. We both like the Leafs. Or brought or sorry. What? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's that's why I'm saying it though, because I've seen that happen so many times with the Leafs. Another guy, yep, who um, this happened with was Boston and Tyler Sagan. Yeah, like it happens so often, and it ends up being a mistake and. Brock Besser, Brock Besser is that caliber of player, you know, and he's shown in the past he can be an elite winner, a goal scoring winner at that. And I don't know. And they're choosing what Louis Erickson over him. It's I don't know. Yeah, I, I think, think that uh, I think the, the way they're built right now, they remind me a lot of the Phoenix Suns. Because the Phoenix Suns, as as you probably know, because you follow sports, are probably some of the worst management you could ever see in professional sports. Do not know how to draft talent. Do not know how to manage or develop talent. Yeah, I mean, doesn't um doesn't um I mean even if he hasn't Devin said Booker it, I feel like, like it's kind of written on the wall. I mean, him and DeAndre Ayton are being fairly wasted. And I mean, I don't want to say DeAndre Ayton's overhyped, but I mean, again, I don't think he's been given time. But I just I don't think if you're Devin Booker, you just willingly sit in Phoenix for another four or five years, wait for a max, and then get your career wasted. Well, especially in basketball, right? Because ba- in basketball, like the players, like the thing that annoys me that I think is really going to so happen with Devin Booker easier, right? is I like, really think it's going to be like a Carmelo Anthony situation where like he stays on a mediocre, sometimes playoff bound team, puts up his 25, 27 points a game, has a great career, but never wins anything and never has any playoff potential because of a lack of talent around him. Yeah. That, yeah, that, no, for sure. I, I feel like I, if John DeVere yeah, stayed for sure. the Islanders, I, I agree with that completely. 
Yeah. That's kind of, I feel like that's kind of like a good comparison. There, there are actually a lot of comparisons with that in the league. I'm, I'm trying to like look at um some rosters right now. Um, yeah. Sorry. Excuse me. Oh, Jack, Jack Eichel might be him. Kind of a good example. Right there, Roman I mean, Yossi, I mean, I don't think I don't think Yossi is necessarily like, in the same bubble. There are a lot I think of he did experience a lot of, a lot of success yeah, really in his career with how good that core was. Um, yeah, that's that's true. I mean, yeah, but he, 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 he never won. They never won a cup or anything. And like to me, to me, it's like I mean, the thing is, you can you can only do, you can only individually do so much, right? And I mean, hockey, hockey is one that, game. Well, no, yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm, well, yeah, that's no, I, uh, yeah, I agree with that. I think, uh, I think, especially in this latter half of his career, if they can't really put the talent around him, I could definitely see him being a partial way. Although, if I'm being honest, and this is literally, yeah, no I, I, I can't be the one to agree with you on that either. I think he's pretty. I think he's pretty justifiably a top three. I think he's. I think he's honestly a top three lock, like at least. I, listen, okay. I think I. Listen, listen. I think he's he's a top ten, maybe even top five defenseman. I mean, I think it, to I think, be honest, I think the only, the only two guys I that. would put ahead of him are Petrangelo and Hedman. I think those are the only two I could justify putting ahead of him. I would. I, I actually would. Funny. Well, I although mean, I think he's overrated. Did, I actually wouldn't. Yeah. Petrangelo I mean, that one's up for debate. I. I would put some young guys ahead of Yossi. I'd, I'd put Heiskanen ahead of Yossi. I think Heiskanen such a good defenseman. Like it's, it's he's insanely good. Um, I mean, I would to be I honest, I'd put Falk over Slavin. Maybe Slavin, although I, don't I mean, know a lot that. of a, a lot of people don't like that one either. But I, I love, I just love you the put way Falk, Falk over Slavin. That guy, that guy is so that guy is so consistent. What? That's one guy I wish we had on the Leafs. Maybe. Wow. Yeah. What? <laughs> All right, I'll, so, I'll sign off. It was great talking. No, but honestly, I just like just watching Justin Falk. He just there's something about his game. He's just he's very consistent. He's very safe on the puck. And I mean, I feel again like I'm I'm a broken record saying it that I'm on this same topic. But again, as a Leafs fan, I mean, it's just it's the one thing that we covet that we've never been able to actually get is safe puck movers. And I feel like him being so consistent, I feel like it kind of goes under the radar because he's not flashy. Yeah, I mean. Listen, I think I think he's become a little underrated in the last couple of years just because of his contract. I think he's like a top four defenseman on teams. That's I'll give you that. <laughs> I, don't I think, think I'd put like him right now. I'd put him just outside my top ten. I think he. I think he. I think he'd be on the bubble. Really? Wow. That's that's okay. Listen, then that's that's a hard day, but that's your opinion. It's your opinion. I think Slavin. I miss Slavin saying that because I, I really like Slavin. I'm really high on Slavin, the way he plays. Like I think he doesn't get noticed a lot just because he doesn't put up like crazy numbers or anything. Yeah, don't get me don't get me wrong. But Slavin, I, I Slavin's like, really good too. Yeah, like Slavin. yeah, Slavin's really good too. He's like, in my top. No, don't he, he, no two ways. Slavin's about in it. my top five. And it, it's just crazy to think about the fact that. When they had Justin yeah, Falk, that's a fuck top they had four. Falk, Slavin, Hamilton, and Pesci. Yeah, he is. And Pe- Pesci is also like a really good defenseman, as well. Like, man, that's that's why I think they have the best defense in the league, in in my opinion. And I think the way if you look at their defense, they have two mm-hmm. potential Norris candidates, in Slavin and Hamilton. 
Like like at least yeah, like Pesci's the that caliber. Pesci is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, they 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 have Brady Shea now from the Rangers. They did have that, and then um, they had Jake. Yeah, that's a, they have, they Cal- have a Carolina's done a lot. I mean, they've roster. they've come a long way. I mean, especially just from I don't want to say the little moves they've made, but it really has been like the little, yeah, kind of under the radar moves that have made the most impact for them. And I mean, building for depth is one thing, but also bringing in talent who you know can fit into your roster and play well. I think I think that's another underrated thing that GMs and coaches kind of get unnoticed for sometimes is bringing in players in order to kind of be a cohesive unit. No, no, for sure, for sure. Anyways, before we go, oh, that's, curious, that's tough. Worstly, I all season so far. Go. It's a loaded question. It's a, it's a loaded question. I, I'm gonna look. I'm actually gonna look at some teams. I'm honestly, I don't even know how to answer that question fully. Um. Yeah, I could. I, mean, I could definitely. Worst, I'd probably say Vancouver. Vancouver. Um, I mean. The only, the only, I think the only bright spot is Nate Schmidt. I, I really think my, that's the only thing that kind of keeps them in the positive there. Yeah, compared to what they've lost, it's like I don't know, man. Especially, I I can't get over not signing mm-hmm. Troy Stetcher to that contract. That made no sense to me. Um, for the worst, and yeah, yeah I, to be honest, I might yeah. agree with you on Vancouver. I mean, I think the moves they've made have kind of done more harm than good um i think yeah to quickly to quickly flip sides i mean i think the best off season i mean for Um, me it's very it is very dependent on how you view it but for me i think the moves the little moves colorado has made are going to go a long way ah So it's funny that I was, I was gonna yeah, ask you next. Colorado, Colorado, Justin, Justin, Justin Brendan, Claude, the Devin too. Caves pick up. I, I think and, those and, two and, alone, and I think, that? hold a lot of weight. Oh, bro, you're are, are you a fucking mind reader? <laughs> what the hell? I was literally just about to say that too. Um, the way I look at it is, they replaced um, Nikita Zadorov with Brendan Saad and Devin Taves. Devin Taves, yeah, he is that, that the, top two, the top way they were able to just kind of get him on most teams. And honestly, like they really get like they kind of just picked him up, and everyone was like, Wow, they really just got him! <laughs> like they really just managed to just scoop him like that. Oh, and um, and on that note, also, yeah, I'm gonna say the Islanders really didn't really play, yeah, play I up to that. I really, I really expected more, honestly. They still haven't signed. I mean, listen, I know G, for some reason GM of the year, Lou Lamorello, yeah. he, I don't know why he won that, to be honest, but trading Devin Tays for close to nothing and not still signing Matt Barzell or. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a shock to me. Or Ryan Polak. That's really bad. They also yeah. lost um, their backup goalie, which is not good. I don't know. Like, they took a pretty big step back, and they still have a lot of bad contracts on that team. Leo Komarov is not a good contract. I think um, um, I think maybe Boychuk, maybe another like, good offseason that kind of went under the radar. Honestly, I hate to say it again. Uh, Calgary, Calgary is a good one, but I was actually going to say Montreal. Calgary. Montreal – the Jake, the Jake Allen move kind of surprised me a little they, bit. They, they, like, so 
I'm gonna uh, half agree with you on this in the sense that this offseason no. it made them better in the short term. You can't. I don't think you yeah, even argue you, that because it's it's pretty obvious they did. The thing is, although although I, just, Jake I don't Allen, know how I, don't I, don't know how I feel the best signing, term, I think though. it gives them st- some stability and it kind of gives them a good goalie platoon because really, like you look at it, it's yeah. You're you're not you're not. Mm-hmm. It also yeah. allows them to for um, the expansion draft to make him available. The, the, yeah, the thing I, I really didn't like was the Anderson signing. That he's, extension, he's a big he's, you know, Listen, he, I, I'm a fan of him, but yeah, he, had, he, he had two goals last year and was really injured. Exactly. How, I was about to say, that's the only like, caveat, I think, with that Montreal selection. It's just back. the fact if he comes back healthy, because he was a very capable goal, goal scorer for a few years. And He's a guy who almost he's a guy who's almost scored thirty goals in the past. He's a really good winner, and I, I really like him as a player. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's we've just, seen it's un, it's like this unfortunate go because so for the times. way he plays when healthy, so he's a great like, fit. And it's just it, the thing is, it's whether or not he's healthy. And listen, Leafs fans are going to dog me for this. I mean, I'm like yeah, low key kind of rooting for the Habs to do decent this year. And and and, yes. and it's not it's not because I like the have it's because I like I like a lot of individual players currently. On Nick, like, Nick Suzuki, I'm I, really, I really impressed like with already. I like Nick Suzuki, and I also like Carey Price. Well, and the it's thing just like, is, just like, watching them, they're objectively like they're a fun hockey. Watch. Like they're yeah, just know, they're so like... energy driven, and like the thing is, is I I said it like they're very equatable to the Raptors in the way that like they may not have the most talent on paper, but they play with so much tenacity and can play as a unit and get a win any night. Oh no, they 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 very are, hundred percent, and it's like I I I think there's a something wrong with the NHL because. For some reason, people root for boring hockey. People root for the Dallas Stars and the yeah. Islanders. And I'm sorry, they're boring to watch. Don't at me. But like, they're fucking boring as shit to watch those two teams. The Habs are a fun team to watch, man. They have a lot of like annoying little like oh, yeah. tests that are fun. Like Suzuki's a fun player to watch. Um, Gallagher's a fun player to watch. Shea Weber's. A I did. Fun I did want to touch to on real quick, and like, I feel like, like this is really being team. talked about. But the Blackhawks have managed to, and like, I find this really funny, but. I saw this this morning and it made me laugh. Uh, so the Nikita Zadorov move to Chicago. Um, I, yeah, so it's a terrible move. But if you also look at how terrible, the transition of how that move ended up being made, <laughs> listen to this. Chicago trades Panarin for Brendan Saad. Chicago trades Brendan Saad for Zadorov. In three years, they turn Panarin into I, I, I saw this. I, I read it from the Toya. It's like, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how you could not only twice. conceive that trade, but also to act on it. I just, I don't know what you're doing. And no, it, it's I'm, tough because, like, I want so much for Chicago to be good again because it was really enjoyable. Chicago, I, I would say this Chicago is my second team. With when, when whenever like the Leafs are out or something, they're, they're I was gonna say Chicago's the a team Hawks. I like watching because I'm, of the guys I who are on that team. Like I love Taves, I love Kane. I like Jonathan Taves. Like when that when that Leafs, team Taves was probably, like, fully healthy and dominant, when they like players. that team's core was so crazy. Like Taves, Kane, 
uh, Duncan Keith, Brett, uh, Brent Seabrook, um, who else? Patrick Sharp, Marion Hosa. Like they had so much talent. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, then right. low key also on the um, defense, Yalmerson. Solid. He's a, uh, but he, uh, no, he was the definition of when solid. When he was in his heyday, you, you could not get past him. He, he will go down. Oh, I, th- I think of our generation. I think he's one of the most underrated like the last, like, like, couple decades. <laughs> and and then you also yeah, like you said, you also, also and Corey, um, even Corey Corey guys Prime, like Corey Crawford Keith and Seabrook, and like that team was just and then you had and I think he's still Corey Crawford, who's still a good goalie by the way. Like he's still a starting goaltender. Not like he with, like, I mean, what wasn't he the goal you faced the most shots a game, or was that uh, the Detroit? Was that Grice? I can't remember. It was one of the two because one of them was like one of them was facing, I think it was like 34 shots a game. Um, I'm trying to see. Hold on, I'll, I'll, t- I'll really? tell you the top, I'll tell you the top 10 right now. Surprisingly, Crawford's actually not on it. Oh, actually, yeah, that's I mean, I mean, that makes sense because he also he didn't play as many games. Another players, but this is the top that's, ten. That's true. Hellebuck in Winnipeg. That makes sense. They didn't, they didn't have a good defense, and he yeah. won the Vezina. Carey Price played a lot, so it makes sense. Vasilevsky, I'm a little surprised by. Okay, Frederick Anderson obviously makes sense. John Gibson, Bobrovsky, Dave yeah, Riddick, Bennington surprised Mackenzie me. Blackwood, Jordan Bennington, which is very shocking, by the way, because they're a good defensive team. And Mark. I was going to say the top, the top three or four makes so sense all to me. those I mean... make sense to me, but. And Riddick. Yeah. Riddick, Riddick and Bennington, because Riddick, like, Calgary is a good defensive team as well. So both those two actually are pretty surprising to me. And then you go in the ladder, yeah. Fleury, Hopi, Bernier, makes sense. Crawford is number 14. Yeah. That was, that was a good move to replace Schneid. By New Jersey, by the way. Anyways, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, Calgary did have a good option. In terms of best offseason, I'd probably say Calgary. Yeah, Calgary did have a good offseason. And honestly, just because of that one move, just because of the Markstrom move, that one. Well, we were talking about it earlier. That was really the only thing that they're they so complete, dude. So complete. Which was a good replacement well, they, for Brody. They signed, they signed um Chris Tanev, which isn't a good replacement. Injury still concerns me, but he's yeah. a, he's a good shutdown. He's playing. Um, they signed Josh Levo. He's a really good depth winner. Yeah. So they, they, they pretty much just, just took everything. Yeah. Everyone so I, I have to ask you though, what do you see they're, as they're, like they're, one they're individual that stands though. out to you as a bit underrated, or you feel like could pan out really well? Oh, yeah, that's a tough question. Choice Etcher. <laughs> Honestly, cho- yeah. both of Choice Etcher and Devin Taves, those two. Moves, probably, or um, yeah, y- that one I think flies under the radar for a lot of people. Wayne Simmons signing with the Leafs. Those th- those three are all really underrated moves. I think. I think they have the potential to work out really well. Yeah, I think it was. I think Especially it was a fucking change. Simmons signed for like what, like a million dollars. Physical two way force. Twenty goals and. Well, and the like thing is, too, he's like, going to be kind of a Swiss kind of, Army knife for us, too, because he yeah, has the capability to play on uh, play on the power play. He's definitely going to get played on the penalty kill. Like, he's just going to be the grinder that we need. 
You know, one move that no one's talking about with the Leafs is that the fact that they signed someone who could be a tandem yeah. goalie as their third goalie for for like league men and Aaron Dell. Nothing to write home about. He had like a nine oh eight last year. Like that's not yeah. like anything to like love. But he did, he a did that on a very bad team. And B, yeah, that's nine oh eight. I would say going to going to be a backup, at least. Maybe a guy who's in a tandem. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. Team, like. And he's our third goalie. Why? When the Leafs signed um, Michael Hutchinson, and everyone was like freaking out. Yeah. Like, guys, I... he's literally our fourth slash fifth goalie. Like, what do you <clears> think? <throat> how how often do you think he's going to play? The thing is, I think I think like, even with, like, a lot of people are talking about Anderson's load management this year. And honestly, like, I feel like he's still going to put up a high amount of games. Like, I don't think they're going to shy away from giving him a lot of games. He's gonna put a high amount of games, but I do want Campbell to play I more. Just I don't think it makes sense. Listen, to I mean, what he's gonna be thirty-three or thirty-four after his contract after expires. I, I don't think it makes sense. And Jack Campbell. I think you give him I a think shot. You want to see what you have with Jack Campbell? Can he be a starter? I don't know. Maybe, but like, I don't. We won't know unless we give them games. And I think you need to see this season because. If he if he plays let's say twenty games this season and puts it at nine fourteen, and then he better than yeah, be a starter. Yeah, I, uh, I think that's enough. But he ends up being bad next year. It's like I, I think I think you 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 need to see what you have with him, just so you can kind of plan for the to, mm-hmm. as a replacement. Because if if you find out this year, Jack Campbell's not a yeah exactly where you're gonna turn. You need to start thinking about what you're gonna do the year after in terms of turning over from there. Maybe maybe one of your your young guys and. Wool or Scott are ready to be in a tandem. I would say probably not yet. But yeah, maybe maybe Aaron. Um, I think uh, I think for me, I think it's a Max Domi it, move. Yeah. I think um, I think him going to Columbus is a really underrated move, just because I really don't see him kind. I I really don't see him um, kind of repeating the same performance that he had. Because I don't I don't want to say it was an outlier, but he played unbelievably well last year. Um, or sorry, sorry, two years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um. You mean the year before? Yeah, I think he had seventy-two points yeah. or something. I mean, like that. he had oh, he had, he had like seventy points that year. That's, yeah, yeah, that's he, right, right he burst. He really did burst on the season. The thing is, is like he, he does really like provide a big bolster to like really any offensive line. I mean, he's he's a really talented playmaker. He's got really high IQ. He knows how to give him a puck. I'm actually, I'm surprised. The thing is, he's he's very underrated two way too. He's very he's much like much like a guy like Gallagher, much like a guy like Marshawn, who will kind of just go into every dirty area and he doesn't care how big or small he is. Do you remember? Um, remember one of the first games of last season? It was like already like over a year ago, so it's hard to remember. The one where Calvin like threw his stick at Petri, and that's why we lost the game. And I just remember the whole game. Domi was chirping the hell out of Captain. Like he was like he 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 was like mousing it. Like good job, Captain. Like you fucking yeah. idiot. Like just like you know, such like, like a little shit to the Captain. And I love like I fucking love. Oh, players. both like, both like, both I like Kachuk. I like players like that who are like get under under your skin. I, I love dude. I fucking love Matthew Kachuk. Like he's he also might be one of. The, and like, yeah, listen, I exactly. hate him when he play him, but I love him because like so, that's the kind of you did. You really did happen have. to bring up. That's Captain. why I was How do you feel about Captain going to Pittsburgh? Like, I like players like that. 
I mean, I guess for both because they did get a first round pick and a good prospect back. For the Leafs, great. When you look at the moves that happened later in the offseason in terms of Ryan Murray, the return for Johnson, that Kapanen move may have been the best move in, in terms of like yeah i mean we value, got we did get a first round pick and a good prospect for any team you got you got a first round pick and a really good prospect in philip hollander and a guy who they didn't they didn't end up qualifying or signing but evan rodriguez and pittsburgh man jim rutherford's made a lot of bad moves last year that was one of them that was not a good move i think listen they they want him to play in the top six and maybe he does do well, but I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that move for them. I don't think it's amazing, to be honest. I think there are better moves they could have made. I think they the assets that they spent on Kapanen, they should have instead put into a depth defenseman. And I'll tell you why. If you look at their top six yeah. without Kapanen, you already obviously have Malcolm Crosby. You have Jake. That Gensel. was a great pickup. They have they have Zucker. Who they got at the deadline, and then they have like other like depth guys. And you, you didn't need Kapanen. But and, the thing is, I like, think yeah, the cost the cost he makes their offense better, that. undeniably. But they they needed they they needed a defender. They no. needed one. If you look at their defense right now, it doesn't look that good. It doesn't. Like yeah, after Latang, it's very thin. You have Marino, who's okay. Marino's pretty good. He had a pretty good year. He's no. good underrated defenseman. But after those two, Schultz isn't resigned. Who do you have? Like I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. That, that's why I thought when they traded on um, Matt Murray, they should have tried to get yeah, a that one surprised back, me and too. They I can't lie. And I think that's gonna be a mistake. And you'll you'll see that's a mistake. I thought that's why when I was looking at teams they could have traded with, I thought. Carolina would have been a really good trading partner because they, they want to start a goaltender. Matt Murray could have been that for them. And they have insane amount of depth on the back end that they could have given Pittsburgh. Even if it was like some like Pesci. Gardner. Oh, yeah. If Pesci's on that Pittsburgh team, they all of a sudden have a pretty good top four. But now it's, I don't know. I'm not high on the, the Penguins going into this year. And I know someone's going to fucking take this clip and show it to me in like a year. Yeah. When they're winning the cup, because you still have Sidney Crosby and you never bet against. I mean, the Crosby. thing is, I've uh, I've been like, talking I'm, about it with a few of my friends lately, and it's uh, it is it's, it's so kind of sad in a way to see like all of these like dynasties that we grew up with are kind of like starting to dismantle. Like when we started, like when I, well, me in particular, like when I started watching hockey, like it was really like as as Dude's most people, like most people in Canada, were, it was like the Sidney Crosby Alex Ovechkin show. So it was like the two of them were kind of the premier, the cream of the crop. And oh, oh, hang on, you cut out. For today, you you said it. Oh yeah, uh, sorry, you cut out for a second there. That's oh, sorry. I, 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 I was saying we're we're probably done for today. It's pretty long yeah. podcast. I have some stuff to do. Um, yeah, I was going to say it was almost two hours. Is it that long? Oh my god! Do 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 you want to plug anything? Uh, I mean, hey, be sure to uh, be sure to go subscribe to this podcast. I mean, his, his and mine, we're both trying to keep going. Uh, I'm I work for uh, or sorry, I guess I, <laughs> I work for. 
I write for and uh, record podcasts for uh, Over the Line Sports, OTL Sports on Instagram, Twitter, uh, everything like that. Uh, you can check out uh, our podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, everything like that, even on Anchor. Um, and then you can check out our uh, articles through our link in our uh, bio on Instagram, OTL Sports. Yes. All, all like 20 people who listen to this podcast, please. Please go to this stuff. <laughs> hey, please subscribe to this podcast too. Mark, Mark was good enough to reach out to me to come on today. So yeah, you guys should thanks. definitely give um, me a shot. I also want to put something else. Go follow my TikTok because I'm trying to kind of improve it. There you go. People always shit on me on my top 10 list because they don't agree with me. But I need, I need people to defend me. So it's M-H-Bagsy, M-H-B-A-G-S-Y. Go give it a follow. I post pretty much daily, a few times a day. Uh, do you have TikTok? You want to plug it? I mean, I, I have TikTok, but I haven't posted on it in like maybe half oh, a year. Come on, man. We, come on. You got to do it. I'll... We gotta right, com- let me let me let me pull up my TikTok. Let me. We, 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 we gotta we gotta have some competition on TikTok. Who can get the more fo- most followers in the next year? Yeah, you'll uh, you'll blow me out of the water in that one. I haven't. I mean, I think I only have like, I have like, I have like, but I don't know. Go follow it. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. TikTok is honestly, people would call it cringy and stuff. I like it. I like TikTok. It's like it's free advertising. It's kind of fun to see what people comment on my hockey podcast. Not hockey podcast. Hockey TikToks. It's fun. Don't shit on TikTok, man. Also, it's not being shut down anymore in the US. So that's pretty good. Because Trump lost. So. Yay. Yeah. Uh, sorry, guys. Bit of a technical issue. Um. Anyways, yeah. Go follow us on TikTok. Follow us on Twitter. I'm going to post a link to this podcast. I'm sure Nate. We'll pretty tweet it or post it or something. I think. Of course. Um. Was, yeah. What I was saying. I'm hoping that David's back for next podcast. Um. Hopefully he's done being a little bitch by then. But <laughs> who knows? I mean, he is David, so. I'm <laughs> um, Anyways, thanks for listening, guys. Bye.